Sitten tulo, Teven, 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 Ciao Juventini, welcome back to the All Juve Cast channel. Of course, it's All Juve all the time. We're coming fresh off the 1-0 victory over Verona. And hey, it was a nail biter. It was a nail biter. But ultimately, the three points uh, took place. We got the three points. We're in the top Four. Okay, Lazio had to squeak one out against Monza. Okay, finding a 1-0 victory there as well. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it could have been even better for Juve. But <clears throat> Sunday is a big one now. But before we look ahead to Lazio and everything, let's get today covered. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Verona and everything. And we got uh, some fun stuff to uh, discuss as yesterday was our ride or die challenge draw. We're going to take a look at those teams. We've got the AJC tweet of the match, which is circulating around a massive, massive talking point coming out of this game, which, of course, was VAR. So we're going to get to all of that real quick. Let's say what's up to everybody in live chat. Jeremiah, hi, guys. Great to be in top four. Man of the match for him was Sandro, saving our ass in an absolute. Uh, we'll talk about that play as well. Max must not start Benucci against Lazio. Very shaky yesterday. Horsepower, Rabiot, solid assist. Fagioli, very calm in mid. A good win. So there's uh, Jeremiah with his uh, his uh, overview here. Uh, Michael Raz coming to Chow Juventini and AJC. Not the best Juve game, but I'll take the three points, putting us in top four. Slowly but sure, surely, we will be back on top. Big, big discussion point uh, amongst Juventini uh, out there is afterwards calling the game for what it is. And we'll get into it. It was, it was ugly. It was ugly. But get the three points. People are mistaken being happy with the three points with being happy with the play, which is completely different. Completely different. But we'll get into all that. Uh, ciao to T. Ciao to Alex. And uh, ciao to uh, Bob Yogasa. Always in here. Every damn live show appreciate it you jeremiah michael rasso all you guys you're the best like the video while you're here drop a subscription if you're new to the channel i've got luca i've got omar and man there is no shortage of things to talk about on this one for what was for the most part a pretty drab game there's still a lot to talk about and We'll address this uh, Alberto uh, Seferin uh, talk, okay? We'll we'll address that. Don't worry about uh, these clowns, okay? So the loser mentality of Mr. Lucci is uh, leaking into those who actually chose uh, him, okay? The first tweet I, wrote, I, I read was this. Um, how come nobody is questioning Alberto? He ends up with his homeland of Canada, and Argentina. Well, first off, Lucci, uh, we are going to pay for uh, some reading lessons for you because if you would look a little mm -hmm. bit closer, you would see that Canada fell to Lex. I'm not paying you, for classes. You, you absolute mook of a human. <laughs> and uh, I got Argentina, Switzerland, Morocco, and Ghana. Second of all, I didn't even run the draw. Anthony did. And third, it is not too late for anybody who chose Lucci to actually come over. And I will allow that because I cannot stand for that 
loser mentality, all right? Already throwing in the towel. If you have people supporting you that are from Poland, Mexico, or Holland, I feel sorry for them, okay? Come over to the good side, the winning side. But anyways, we had a lot of fun with this. And uh, these are the draws. Luca making out very, very good. Good, good uh, group of teams there. Serbia, Croatia, Brazil. Um, Omar is happy with his picks coming out with uh, Uruguay and Portugal. I'm happy with mine. Switzerland could do some damage. Uh, and, no, they uh, can't. Argentina. But... No, they can't. <laughs> they can't. But... No, they can't. <laughs> Switzerland. Watch. Hey, Switzerland will uh, do some damage. Oh, watch. They, watch. They, they watch that surprise France. Brazil in that group. They He's did alive. eliminate France in the Euros. He's relying on Granite Xhaka to take him out of the World Cup. No, he's relying on them. It doesn't really yeah. matter because all you need is the winner, Luca, and I got it in Argentina. No, you don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Look, Al, I think what's important here is that neither of us have as crap a team as Lucci or even Tony. So as long as we're not last, we're better than them. So I'm happy with that. It's a win no matter what happens. Yeah, yeah and they got a tough draw. Awful. Um, <laughs> Anytime you're in a tournament and you have to support uh, England, oh, that's tough. That's tough. Anyways. Yeah, Qatar, <laughs> Wales, USA, and England. Eesh. Eesh. Uh, All right. Anyways, we're just having good banter with uh, England anyways, keeping that rolling from the uh, Euros and everything. So without further ado, the game. The game that had so many talking points and had Twitter calcio it just absolutely rattled, and I love it. Yet another sign that maybe the stars are starting to align again because Juve gets a win. Calcio Twitter is rattled, okay? Things are starting to normalize again. It feels like things are starting to get back to normal a bit. Juve goes on a little streak. No matter how far we are, they still automatically panic and look to us. It's hilarious. They don't even look to the second-place team, third-place team. They're looking at us. It's absolutely amazing how rent-free Juve is in uh, the rivals' minds. You guys feeling that? Oh, yeah. Things are coming back to normal. When everyone's fearing Juventus and everyone is pinpointing, oh, they're doing this, or they're doing... We're we're back to some normality, you know? See that? That's a bottle of water. I don't know if you can see it. Produced in Italy. Uh, it's filled with the tears of all the fans from Italy. So cheers, everyone. <laughs> I don't care. I think most clubs uh, get calls from VAR, wrong calls going against them. It's nothing special. We, we lost like nine points this season on VAR calls only. So I don't feel bad at all. I have a lot is. to talk about, but neither call was wrong. Neither call was wrong. And we'll mm-hmm. get into it. We'll yep. get into it. But uh, real quick, let's get to uh, the news. We're going to touch on the uh, news points from uh, today coming out. As far as the rumor mill is concerned, not a whole lot going out uh, today, just other than uh, a Jimenez will be looked at at season's end. He'll be available. There'll be teams in the mix for him. Juventus is said to be one of them. Uh, Batashiel, the race for Batashiel is going to go uh, into summer, and uh, Newcastle and Juve are a couple of the teams listed on uh, Benoit Batashiel. As far as injury status goes, Vlaovic, there is pessimism there and may not be available for the Lazio match. I want to ask you right now, No. if he even becomes available, do you play no. him? 
Oh, don't take the chance too soon. Nope. Nope. Big no. Yeah. If Vlaovic becomes available, no, but it's no. right before the Lazio match, do you play him? Nope. Hell no. Maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes at the end of the game. Yeah. So it, it's, it's tough to say. Like, I mean, if they – this just comes down to a trust thing over the um, medical staff because, honestly, if, if he's deemed ready to play – it should be good to go. If it's going to be just a few minutes, I don't even do it anyways. I mean, we're already at the last game before the World Cup break. Um, you've gone so far without anyways. Just take it easy and whatnot. That guy's trying to make a World Cup too. Let's see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't chance it uh, anyways. Now, in terms of Chiesa, Chiesa should be back on the squad list for Sunday's match against Lazio. And Locatelli has suffered an adductor strain coming out of yesterday's match. So Locatelli, however, is already being said to... He should be cleared for the game on Sunday. So positive news there in terms of that, but still frustrating and very, very frustrating. We've got... We got reports a couple days ago about uh, Giovanni Andreini. This... Hiring went like super low key during one of the previous breaks back in September. And he was hired to come in and take a look over and be part of the training, the physical performance staff and uh, take help with injuries and everything. Now he's actually being bumped up to manager. So he's actually going to be calling the shots on the physical training staff and the actual uh, training side. So technical and physical performance. Like he's essentially managing all of it. He's going to be in charge of hopefully bringing the muscular injuries down in 2023. So super low key hiring back in September. Now he's already being bumped up to try and bring these things down. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get it done. He was with... Uh, Juve previously I believe as well had a stint with Juventus so it's going to be uh, interesting to see but that definitely shows you distrust in Folletti and Allegri's guys and rightfully so I'm surprised they didn't just clean house but they usually it's very rare that you see that when a coach's staff is in place so maybe this route is a little bit less uh I don't know, less intrusive or whatnot, but maybe just get rid of everybody. Soft. But what? They're being soft. I mean, I've joked about this on the podcast with you guys. At what point did they just put their foot down and fire somebody? You're telling me what they did now was promote somebody? Like, I'm sure he's good, this guy. But Well, no, he was hired at the break in September. Like I said, he was brought in. Yeah, but and we've now had... he's already being bumped up to actually call the shots. So they're taking the power away from those in place. And I got that, which is, I understand that. But if he's been here since September, we're still having issues. I guess he's coming in to save the day. But again, my question is, why have we not gotten rid of the guys who have been causing us issues? It's one thing to give another guy more authority, but what about the other guys? They're still around. I still find like they they're just soft to make. Anytime you bring somebody new into any organization or whatnot, usually, typically, your first three months are to get a feel 
and see what's going on and overlook anything for somebody to come in and immediately get that shot and that calling usually typically doesn't happen. There's usually like a period where you have to actually observe and see what the hell's going on to try and find the answers. Yeah. It was probably like just on the side watching, learning, taking notes and took like three months to take the job, which I think is, is, Fine, I've said it before. Uh, this project needs like a daddy, someone who everyone answers to, because uh, it's kind of scattered right now. It's not exactly what I was uh, referring, but it's it's a step forward. Someone needs to be there and hold those accountable. Yeah, the other uh, thing is too. This is probably makes a little bit more sense, being the fact that you're in the middle of a season. If you were gonna clean house, you do it in the summer. You don't do it right wholesale in the middle of the season. So this is probably a little bit softer on that side of things because to bring in a whole new staff, change your training completely and blow up the whole thing while your team hasn't necessarily been performing the much that great. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to change all at once. And this might be just a little bit easier to kind of maintain everything. So just a thought, but anyways, Locatelli, eyes will be on Locatelli heading into Sunday. And Paredes, I did not forget about Marcella's words, and we're going to talk about Paredes when he entered this match. Now, let's get to the starting lineup. The starting lineup was as predicted. Um, you had Chesney, Ingolia, Bremer, Bonucci, Danilo, Quadrado, uh, Fajoli, Locatelli, Rabio, Kostic across the middle, Keane, and Milik up top. Now, as far as the... Midfield goals, these guys have been playing a lot as of late. A lot. But um, this lineup, as expected, I don't know if I would have necessarily changed anything. I would have probably liked Bremer to not play or whatnot. But, yeah, it, I would have liked him completely fresh for Lazio. But it is what it is. That's not a be-all, end-all for me. Your guys' thoughts on that lineup? Same as I first seen it. Bonucci out and that's it. The rest is pretty, you know, you don't have a lot to pick from and you do need to rest guys because the next game is Sunday, which we'll have to get used to being in the Europa League now. Um, so outside of Bonucci, yeah, that's what we have. We want to rest guys and the Lazio match is important, very important. Yeah. Going to just fix a little note here. It wasn't Chesney and Nets. Uh, oh, sorry, Pedin. Pedin. So... I'm agreeing with you guys. I think I think Bonucci, you know, like he's he's our club captain. I hate his guts lately, but he will get minutes eventually. I think Max starting him was not an issue. But like to to Al's point, I think at least start Gatti. I think if you're gonna keep him rotating and get him some minutes, this is the type of game where you could use his physicality and he can get those minutes to grow more. Uh, whether that's with Bonucci or obviously or with Bremer, I think. It doesn't really matter, but obviously I think Bonucci would have gotten that nod either way. But there isn't much more to select from. The other guys weren't fit enough to start from the beginning of the match. And yeah, two strikers again. I mean, Keane came in, he he did what he had to do. But I think two strikers is definitely different from what we've been doing recently with four mids as opposed to uh, the, the three. So it was different, but it was nothing surprising. We didn't have much to choose from again. Yeah, the um, 
the Benucci thing, I mean, he's got to get minutes here and there. If he yeah. can't get minutes against the last place side, well, then we're in trouble because we never rotate anybody. That's even more worrying. <laughs> it's worrying all the time. Because he's been, he's been bad against the last place team in the league. Imagine. I know, but yeah. what can you do? You're not you're not gonna have fate to play him no, higher, but you gotta play him somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you gotta get down, rotation yeah. in That's, there. Like yeah. I said, I wouldn't have, I probably play. wouldn't have even played uh Bremer and had uh Gatti in there, whatnot, but uh Max probably doesn't want to break up, you know, all three of the Brazilians out there outside of two of them. So those are our is, but and so no, I get I get it. They have to play him. I get it. Yeah, yeah. You, Let's get to the highlights. We'll get to the highlight reel. The first half, there's not a whole bunch going on, guys. Uh, three minutes in, there's a volley from the top of the area from uh, Suleimana that uh, just went wide. Uh, Perrin might have been late there if it was on target. 16th minute, big intervention from Danilo after a cross was headed back into uh, the area for a great spot opportunity, but uh, Danilo cleaning it up. 37th minute, Locatelli has a go from uh, the top of the area, forces a keeper to parry it away. Really, there's not a lot going on in the first Great half shot. here. Very, very drab first half. For me, it's, uh, again, some frustrations in the play. I mean, it didn't seem to me that we had enough uh, of a dynamic uh, play coming out of the middle. Like, you're starting to miss that role that dropped a little bit back to help the midfielders out, that extra midfielder. Keen and Millick, it was a little bit off in the first, but there was more to it that was off. It was this consistent thing where we've seen where our other midfielders run away from the play far too soon. And this is while Verona is pressing us and they just completely abandon the back. So it's Locatelli, two central uh, defenders, and that is essentially it. Um, three center backs and Locatelli. And they're already up with the last line defense. And there's very few passing options to get around and break through the press. Yep. I don't understand why they continue this in certain matches and certain moments over this little bit of a streak here. When we go to a two man pivot, it helps us break through with that press. We just give ourselves essentially even by one man being back, it's an extra three options in passing lanes that that one man opens up. And it's shocking to me that we didn't do this against Verona or actually change it out. It, it's just, it's it's weird. But anyways, we left Locatelli high and dry and Fajoli and Rabio were taxed with pushing ahead and we couldn't find those lines. And it was a very, very frustrating first half. Not a whole bunch to it. Is there anything you guys saw that you want to touch on from that first half? No, not, nothing special. Just uh, the announcer said the numbers. I don't remember them, but you were score most of their goals i remember 80 percent or something like that in the second half so it's not a new thing like at the beginning of the season we played for 20 minutes and then the rest was just horrible and then it flipped uh, we started we started playing bad in the first half and better in the second half and that trend continued to this game that's the only thing uh, that kept me like you know motivated and and hoping something will happen. But based on that first half, it didn't look like you were connected in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Luca, uh, anything to add? No, you guys both touched on it perfectly. I think 
we we don't suffer, but there is a difference when you take out that Miretti style player. I feel like, like I said, two strikers in this system. I mean, one of them's got to drop and be more dynamic. Both of them were very static, even though they made some moves. It wasn't linking enough with our midfield. I think defense to midfield, we were okay, even to our wings. But then getting it to the final third, through the middle, whatever it was, like you said, that final pass, just, it wasn't there. Um, so I, I was hoping for maybe a quick a quick switch, get some some guys to rest in the second half. Uh, maybe we saw it quickly. I think it was the 55th minute he made two subs. But, I mean, it, it, I didn't expect much better. It was going to be a hard-fought game, so. Yeah. The um, Yeah, it's just it's, it's frustrating because, again, we wanted them to come out to at least get foot on the throttle, try and get uh, something from the start to make things a bit easier. But uh, no such uh, luck. Now you get into the second half. Well, 47th minute, they get a chance at the back post. Verona does. And luckily, their captain just can't reach it. 60th minute. And we have a great passing play from Milik to Rabio. Rabio finds Keane in, uh, in stride. Keane's shot deflects off the defender ahead of him. Keeper gets a mitt to it. Not enough. Get in the damn net is all I'm screaming, and it does. We're 1-0 up. Okay, good. You're struggling in a game. You found that one goal. Hopefully, things open up a bit. Maybe we find another, put this thing away. But Juventus actually sits back, sits quite far back. So we invite uh, Verona to come after us, and this is where sketchy scenarios come in. Okay. Lasagna smashes a volley, gets a volley top of the area high. We have the Danilo incident, okay? So, handball, call, well, not, goes to VAR. They're discussing it. Everybody's flipping out. Now, I want to talk about this. Immediately, I said that's going to be called. I think it's going to be called. And I'll tell you why. Because we are programmed to think that is automatically a PK because of everything that we've seen. The problem is not the rules. The problem is how they enforce the rules. By rule, there is a lot of judgment that needs to be made on this play. It is not crystal clear. And that's why it becomes this huge thing and blows up the way this play did because of the fact that number one, the league has not been consistent. And after I explain the rule, you can think, I bet you off the top of your head of a ton of goals that went the other way when they shouldn't have based on the definition of the rule. Now, number one, they said that the ball deviated. I don't think it was actually deviated because it was an actual swing the player took at the ball that went into Danilo's hand. That's not necessarily deviating the motion of the ball. For me, I see that as a strike. You guys agree? It was hit. It was hit by that player on the uh, side. I, I didn't see a shot. I, I saw like Miguel Veloso was the one shooting, but the ball hit Davidovich and then Bonucci's, uh, Danilo's arm. Okay, now, 
number one there, swing, deviated, everything. That's one thing to factor in, okay? So we're already kind of on the page. Omar is going where the ball has been deviated and then hit arm, which would make it not a call. Here's one rule that puts it even beyond, okay? <clears throat> it is not only that you're unable to make, because people think you're making your body unnaturally bigger. It's, it's over. It's a handball. That's not necessarily it, okay? You are, in fact, allowed to make your body unnaturally bigger if it is justifiable by the actions during the sequence of play. So, by rule, if Danilo lunged out, which he did on the original ball in, he lunges out. It's almost an involuntary action if you're lunging out to put your arms out for stability and balance, which actually, sorry? It's not almost you have to do that. You have so to. You're not getting that distance without that your arms. That rule puts his arm in a position where it's fine. So even if that ball was a direct shot to his arm and wasn't deviated, that by rule, his arm is still okay to be there and shouldn't be a call. It's left in the judgment of the referee. Now, the problem is, is that we've seen so many that have gone in the other direction. Yep. And the problem is not the rules. The problem is not any of this. The problem is the consistency, consistency. with yep. the officiating. Big time. By Nobody way, has saying... any clue what VAR is going to do or what they're going to call. I want I want to like, because Al, you brought this up yesterday. I want to see somebody try to throw themselves at a quick plate ball without their arms. Like tuck your arms in and try to throw yourself. It's almost impossible to get the same distance. You're using your arms in a sort of momentum to get there. It is very difficult to throw yourself with your arms tucked in. And would, not to mention that, like you said, you can't once you're once you're in, you're you're in. You're you're dedicated. How are you supposed to tuck them back in, you know, when when there's another play happening by a deflection or whatever? It's too it's too quick. And I think again, this is similar to what happened against Inter on the weekend. There's got to be an argument of common sense here. What more can you do? You know, like he could not have reacted quick enough. It's it's physically impossible. Yeah, I remember. I remember a play uh, two years ago, maybe uh, three years ago, with Emre Chan. The, the penalty was called against us, and he jumped in the area during a corner with his hands, and the ball hit him like here, and it was called a penalty. And he asked the referee, "What do you expect me to jump?" without hands like with my hands strapped to my body and it's impossible and they got that call i don't remember again so it was so once again it's the consistency i wouldn't say that var is broken in any way uh, it's just a tool but the rules are very open for interpretation exactly anytime there is a judgment call to be made there's gonna be this this intense feeling for both directions, but by rule, by explanation, his arms actually find to be there, whether it's deviated, whether the ball's deviated or the ball is hit. And that's the point. That's the point is that whether the ball's deviated or the ball's hit, his arms actually there. You have to think as a defender there again, there's no way I would love to see one 
somebody lunge out like that. You would have to think about it and do everything in your power to make that happen. So regardless, it was the correct call. And the only way it wouldn't have been is if, again, we're programmed to believe that those are immediate PKs. Okay, so um, no call on that one. Now we move on. Benucci. Benucci's play steps in, looks pretty bad on the initial, and looks like it's going to be a PK on, on uh, VAR. They see Benucci gets his uh, foot to the ball first, attacker kicks him. What infuriated me about this is that Benucci chose to go in like that on that scenario, putting yeah, us absolutely. in that moment, in that scenario. Thankfully, he did touch ball first and the attacker kicked him. However, absolutely shocking to do that at that moment of the game and put yourself in that scenario. Brutal, brutal decision. Didn't need to be made, in my opinion. Could have stepped forward and actually put your body in front of that thing. Uh, not lunge in lazy with your studs up that high. Absolutely shocking. Um, and I expect better of a guy at that level and whatnot. But you guys come into that one. Yeah, it's exactly what you said. The, the whole thought of the play is idiotic. You don't dive like that inside the area with the high foot. You know, studs up. You're inviting a foul. We got lucky there. Like one millisecond later and that guy gets to the ball first and that's it. Penalty. And there was a scent of that in the air that there is going to be a penalty because they're just piling in the box. And some of the players did stupid stuff that you shouldn't do inside the area. Yeah. And Bonucci was asking for it and we got lucky. It, it was the right call. He got first to the ball and the other player kicked him. It was a foul against Juve. But yeah. super lucky. Absolutely. Luca, anything to add on that uh, moment with Bonucci there? First technical check. We're it's good. Now? It's great now. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I just want to point out that Leo Bonucci is an experienced veteran. And I want to say experienced. Like he's been around the sun probably as many times as Tony has. So that just says how old he is. The fact that he decides to make these these tackles and these decisions, not out of, you know, like some young instinct in him. This, this is an experienced veteran making ridiculously stupid decisions and fouls and tackles. And it's game in, game out. We saw it against Milan. He tried doing against, I don't know what he was doing against Diaz. I don't know if he was trying to get the foul. Awful, awful stuff. Take the man. In this case, you don't have to take the man. You, you could get to the ball. I, I personally, as someone who grew up as a defender and I've watched guys like Bonucci my entire life, it's shocking to see him make these decisions. It's not like him. It's very stubborn. I feel it's almost like from exhaustion, maybe you would think like a kid would do this, not a guy who's won, you know, a Euro and countless uh, City A titles. It's, it's really bad. Yeah. In, in, like in the past, he would have stuck his head there and that guarantees you the foul. His head, his chest, anything like yeah, exactly. Because then it's not a foul on you. It's not no a foul. exactly. To me, obviously, expect much, much better out of Bonucci, um, but um, it's also infuriating that 
we dropped off completely allowing moments like that to take place and whatnot. Obviously we talked about substitutions that midfield changed dramatically with a couple of substitutions and yeah. almost to the point where we had no hope of mm-hmm. controlling um, enough to safely get through that period. And again, <clears throat> that'll be something I'm sure we talk about, which was Paredes and just continuing to not really show much. Not to me anyways, but Marcella, who was our guest on the last post-match pod, um, from our friends at Juventus uh, Official Fan Club, Empire State, she swears by Paredes, and she's going to back him, and she says that he is an actual Regista and whatnot, but I'm sorry, I'm not seeing uh, enough again. Now, we continue on in this match. It's 1-0, okay? So we're not out of the woods yet, okay? So we've escaped the Danilo scenario. We've escaped the Benucci scenario. Alex Sandro intervenes in the 91st minute. It must be said, Di Maria had a great opportunity a couple minutes uh, earlier than that volleying one. He uh, smashed one, uh, went wide, but uh, good stuff there. Nonetheless, Di Maria, we need that guy to kind of be dangerous and do things like that for when he comes back and hopefully stays fit. Hopefully in the new year, we can get all our guys fit and see. But 91st minute. Nice through ball from Verona. Again, taking the plate to us. Sandro runs him down, and he is outside the area when he steps in to make sure he takes the guy down. It's an immediate red card, and it's a red card that had to be taken. That was a professional foul at its finest and its highest level. So, Alexandro, I don't do this a hell of a lot, but... Someone record this. Bravo. <laughs> this ain't happening. It's deserved. What can we say? That is- because okay. that is exactly what you have to do at that moment, at that scenario, that game. You absolutely have to do that. So And Allegri said he didn't deserve a fine. He deserves a prize or a okay, medal. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, in that what? game, in that moment, that's as big as a goal. Absolutely. Enough schnoozing for a minute. Let me let me take Tony's spot and look at the other perspective here for a second. I applaud the foul. It was professional. It was outside the box. He did it the way he had to do it. My argument now is why did he have to make the foul? You look back and you think, should that ball have been won or lost in the mid? And should he get there quicker? These are arguments we could have. I still think if someone faster than Sandro was playing that flank maybe wouldn't have to make that foul but reluctantly Sandro was there he made the foul we got off on the better end here because they even missed the free kick after thank god uh but i i i as someone who looks and searches for perfection especially when you're a juventus fan you want the best from your team i think this could have been avoided from the start uh so i applaud Sandro, but i still think there's something to be looked at there i know that that could be everyone could get mad at me for doing that but you know, as a fan, I always expect the best for my team, and we could have done better, I think. Well, the whole game was a mess, though, Luca. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. At any point of the game, 100%. But now we go to Lazio without Sandro. That, and that doesn't I hate change admit- the fact that he made a massive, massive call and a right decision. Because if he tries to not take that red, which probably our most experienced player would have tried to and probably got burned, yeah, maybe. That's the right play by Sam. So now, now we gotta we gotta live with our demons because Bonucci might start versus Lazio, which again, I mean, 
not the end of the world, but it might be if he causes us a goal. <laughs> no, that that move could have gone like very wrong. It could have ended in both a red card and, and a penalty. penalty. We yeah. were inches wide. I applaud. But it doesn't matter what could have been. It mattered what happened. Yeah. So he it, did it, and he did yeah, it well. I'm kind of battling with myself here because it's like unsportsman unsportsmanlike behavior when you can't take the ball away from a guy who can just foul him whenever you want and take the red. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I see it, it's annoying. Like Federico Valverde did that against um, against Atletico Madrid in like the Super Cup final. Yeah. 100 and something minute. Yeah, it was, was an aggressive foul. But he won the game. Ugly, but he won the game on penalties. Game. So yeah. everyone forgets. But when mm-hmm. I saw that, I said that's unsportsmanlike, because it was yeah. a sliding tackle, a harsh tackle. Like Sandro did the, the maximum he could without being you know, acting in an unsportsmanlike behavior. Listen, if if we want to talk about what led to this and all that, look, it was, we know Juventus struggles when the tempo of play is super slow, when we try to slow things down. Mm -hmm. When you add the fact that you're dropping your back line, we did that, we did that to an extreme the second we scored that goal. And it's always going to be trouble. You play slower. You've got your back line deep. Your passing options. We're playing very, very slow. The guy's on the ball. That play is a its a little battle in the midfield that we lose. And it's because we're, we're just trying to be ball retentive. But we're being ball retentive with absolutely zero options. That midfielder loses the ball. And the defense is almost not even expecting it. And they just, they just got caught. There's a lot that needs to be dealt with but we'll get into the reasons why we thought this game was such a grind we get a free obviously they get a free kick on that red card there it looked like max allegri i don't know if he was praying i don't know if he was uh trying to uh withhold from a bowel movement happening on the sideline i don't know what the hell he was doing too much ice he he was literally all of us in that moment free kick is beyond juve sees this one out it's a one nil victory the overview of this game is very, very simple for me. Three weeks back, Juventus doesn't win this match, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, 100%. three weeks mat- three weeks back, Juventus doesn't win this match. There is progress that's being made in the mental aspect of things, and they are getting stuck in and they're battling through, which I love. One of the reasons I'm still hesitant about jumping on this trust the process and keep Max around thing is because I still see issues there as far as everything goes, okay? But as far as this game goes, there is progress. That is a sign of progress, and you have to win the ugly ones because even if your team is rolling, even if we were scoring a ton of goals, Games like that will happen. And three weeks ago, Juve wouldn't see it through. And yesterday they did. It's a big, big three points that we needed. Let's take it for that as ugly as it was. Obviously, we expect more. Obviously, we want more from the team. But that doesn't change the fact that they're getting stuck in and they're starting to battle and dig through. And that was a big three points. Lazio, Lazio is going to be interesting. We'll get to Lazio. But that's my overview on this game. It's ugly. Take it for what it is, but this team did show progress in the fact they found the three points. Your guys' overview on this one before we get to AJC tweet of the match and then man of the match. 
Yeah, if I had to give this game a title, I would call it Old Lady Luck. Because that was just a win by absolute luck. A different referee could have called the penalty on Danilo. Yep. A, a second later, and Bonucci makes that foul, and it's a penalty. An inch into the area, inch forward, and Sandro's foul is a red and a penalty. Keane's shot took two deflections and kept its trajectory. That's, yep. that's very lucky. So what, what can I say? Sometimes you need luck on your side to win games. There's nothing, nothing wrong with it. We had a bad game. Verona obviously prepared well, but it is what it is. Sometimes it feels with Juve like they don't play above the level of the team that is against them. Like every time we play someone, we sort of adapt to their level. Right? I still don't see us like controlling some mid-table or lower-table teams. We always look the same against every club we play, according to the club, of course. Yeah. Yeah, uh, luck, luck is sometimes needed and we haven't had much, so I will take it and I will run with it. Um, but now my question to you, Al, is <laughs> how much percentage of this game do you give as, 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 you know, as praise to Allegri? I'm still at 50. I'm actually at 20% this time, not 15. I'll give 20. I still, as much as I, I, I was maybe giving him 30% credit or something like that for Inter because I think his lineup was handcuffed. He was still handcuffed in this one as far as lineup goes and whatnot. So it's hard to really put anything else on him. Not only that, he's been handcuffed for a bit. And let's get into why do we think this game was such a struggle? That midfield has been the same for how many games in a row now? And you include a big, big derby against uh, Inter. Yeah. It's... This game was, it had banana peel written all over it, okay? <laughs> I still didn't think we would slip up and we would see it through. We did. Yeah. Fortunately or not, we did. But you can almost feel that going into this. Like, these guys are going to need rotation, and we can't offer that at the moment. Agreed. 100%. So yeah, as being... much as, you know... I, I didn't give him a lot of credit uh, for the Inter thing because he was kind of handcuffed and the guys played well. They did their thing and there wasn't a whole lot of change from first half to second half. All of a sudden, we pulled it together. In this one, I'm also not quick to just crucify Max because he's pretty much handcuffed and I think it might have been a little bit of a Derby d'Italia hangover mm-hmm. and all these games catching up to these guys because that middle of the park has been the exact same for many games now yeah and it's it's the end of a very dense uh schedule like we're yeah. right at the end so always the performances drop off at these moments i wouldn't blame max too much uh, we've said it uh, in the pre-match uh, in the match day live that this is a tough stadium and these are the banana peel games that you don't know what you're going to get. And those lower teams, a win against Juve is like winning a cup for them. That's all they need to get their season up and running. Look what happened two months after they, they've they beaten us. So it happens. It's a tough game. It's a tough venue. Nothing you can do about it. Uh, but like you said, it's a, a few months ago, this game is draw or loss. Dropped points, no matter how you... Yeah, I will flip it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A win is a win. I'll take it. Agreed. 
I do agree with this statement from uh, Devashish here saying Moretti is a center point solution finder in Allegri's type of game. Otherwise, it becomes left or right. And we <clears> kind of <throat> said that in the first half of this game in our group chat. And you're losing that uh, that dynamism basically in the middle. And that having that extra guy in the games leading up to this, that would be that pivot point for our other midfielders to work off of and then go left, right, whatever – it's big. It's big. So with Milik and Keane, it didn't happen and you lose that. And that became part of our struggles in trying to figure out how we were going to break down uh, Verona. But again, nonetheless, we found a way through, found a way through. Now, AJC tweet of the match was very simple. It was Let's very simple. It. We're going to put it. this one up. It was this. By the way, <laughs> the handle is hilarious. Gabe thinks Allegri is a terrorist. But VAR is our MVP tonight. <laughs> I want to put this out there for all the rival fans out there as well, okay? Here's the thing. How quick they are to forget. The moment this game ends, I see an actual inter, an interspaces talking about Juventus. It's absolutely hilarious. But anyways, like I said, I love it. I love it. I live off that. I love like- to see the tears, okay? So... <sighs> I had the towels laid out, ready to soak up the tears. They're running spaces. They're doing everything. Those calls were 100% correct. How quick they are to forget that since VAR has been introduced, Juventus has had the least calls in its favor. So to all of them, it is very simple. I say to you, stay, stay. There we go. Enough. Enough. <laughs> keep the crying, but keep it to yourself, okay? Hang out in your little spaces, your little bubbles, and cry controversy and cry all this, okay? Now, I love it. In terms of these games and these hard ones, we have to be realistic too. Napoli being where they are, Napoli has had these types of matches too. And that's why I say they've had their struggles, the ones in these in this campionato where they've had to scrape through. This is the difference between those points and those gaps in standings right now. So this is a big, big win for Juventus, nonetheless. Now, man of the match, I want to know who your choices are for man of the match and everybody in the live. While you're here, please like the video. Of course, subscribe to the channel. We're ever so close to 3K, all right? Um, but let's try and get there uh, by the Lazio match, okay? So let's try and get there. Everybody in the chat, let's get your uh, man of the match. Let's start this one off with Omar, who was your man of the match. I'd probably go Bremer once again. Um, the, the big thing here is that we didn't concede. Now that we scored, I can't give credit to anyone in attack. Everyone had a day off. Um, Bremer, yeah. Uh, thank you, Deepak. Sandro maybe saved us. Can give him a shout out. Maybe for Jolly, who worked a lot, especially defensively, tracked back a lot. Besides that, not much we can point out uh, in a positive manner. Yeah, Luca, who was yours? I'm gonna go with Bremer. He's on a really good bit of form right now. Even yesterday, I saw some footwork from him that I was pretty impressed with because he's not the the best on the ball we've seen that but hey his anticipation 
is yeah. tremendous. Exactly. That's, tremendous. that's the perfect way of putting it. He knows where to be at the right time. It's, I got to give it to him. It was all him yesterday. Uh, but it's you know it's hard to pick someone else that stood out. The, Sanjo for that tackle, sure. Danilo was massive. Um, yeah, I mean Bremer for me was the standout, but it was it was such an ugly game that you know. And I, I will add what Alex P said here that Quadrado covered a lot of defensive showing, covered a lot for Bonucci. Bonucci, as far Awful. as I see, Worst makes everyone around him work a lot harder. They have to cover a lot of space because visibility. And suddenly we saw Bremer that which against Inter who was in the center, and he had a good understanding with Sandro and Danilo. But once again, Danilo shifted to the left, Bremer to the right, Bonucci the center, and they had to work their asses off to cover a lot of ground and it's a recurring theme with Bonucci just can't cover as much as Chiellini covered for him and Barzali in the past good anchorman not fit for today's type of game yeah for me it's um yeah I, I was going between Bremer and uh Danilo and honestly I'd be fine with either one of those being chosen um it's uh it's a big, big fall from grace for uh, Bonucci um, so far this season. And uh, the numbers are not on his side when it comes down to goals. Matches. Everybody else has had to pick up the workload when he's in there. His decision-making, everything, his timing, he he is uh, he is out of sorts. Um and it's it's evident, highly, highly evident. He is out of sorts. I don't know what is going on. Maybe it's completely over for Benucci, but uh, it could be a problem when we start looking at rotation that needs to take place. Um, could be an issue. Quadrado was offered praise um, for his defensive uh, ability that was coming in from Alex P, and I agree with Alex P on that. Okay. Um, and uh, I agree with that. Quadrado did a lot defensively. However, right now, we get a lot of questions, which is, what would you do in January if given the ability to do so for Juventus? For me, it is, without a doubt, find someone to rotate with Quadrado because we absolutely do not have that. Sule would have to change our formation complete if we want to stick with the three five two okay if we want to move in this direction forward you have to find an alternative i don't know if max is just counting the days until deshilio returns as i hope that's not our end goal solution no, no. but i think in january if there's an option a possibility you have to find that illing jr we get a question from david shishir kid Illing Jr. be Quadrado's replacement um, just for even rotation, but I think he's going to be left-sided. Yeah. And we know uh, how Max is with left-footed players, left side. Yeah. But, yeah, what would you do? What is your? What are your answers basically to one move, one addition you could make in January positionally? What is it? I, I struggle between uh, replacement for Quadrado and – uh, concrete center back to help sharp the defense. Although defense is good, but mm. I don't know. Maybe now that you're saying it, maybe someone for Quadrado is much more urgent. 
Like, I don't feel the left side has been our problem this season. Yeah. Most of what we do came from there. And I don't know. Yeah, maybe <clears throat> probably the right side. Yeah. If I have a name in mind, someone I can go to. Mm. From the latest reports in the past week or two, Frimpong is the only interesting name I saw that is also good for the future and not some patchwork for, for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Odriot Zola, name linked with uh, Juve. Not overly excited. Yeah, no, not not thrilled. Yeah. That's, that's patchwork, like uh, Omar huh. was saying. Interesting. But we're all in agreement that uh, the right side would be the highest priority in January? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, our left side, I mean, even if you look at what we have on loan, our fullbacks are mostly left fullbacks between Pellegrini, Cambiasso, even Frabotta as a left uh, left back. So unless you shift Danilo over, but he's still a right back anyway. So no, nah, we need we need someone on that right. Winger, fullback, that right side by next season is empty. It's vacant. I mean, Chiesa might come back on the right wing, but that's a right wing, not a right back. So yeah. Uh, 100% that that's what we need to help. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, I want to talk about the World Cup break. Obviously, we approach the final match before the break, which is Lazio. Now, I had a discussion with someone on Twitter yesterday, and he was saying how upset he is that the World Cup break is coming right now at this moment while we're finding victories and climbing in the table. I want to ask you two, is it at the right time? Or is that a bad time right now that we hit this break? How do you personally feel? Let's start with Luca. Oy. Um, personally, I think there there's obviously two sides to it, and I'm not sure which one has the majority here. Uh, I think I think it's bad timing as a whole. Um, middle of the season, we've seen how many guys are going down with injuries, uh, so I think. The fact that Italy is not part of it is a win for us because a lot of our players are at the moment Italian. So that's a plus. But if Italy had made it, I think this conversation takes a different spin completely because these guys are all gone. So I think that's a big factor to consider. But I think just in the middle of the season, the World Cup was an awful idea. And although we have Max as a coach and we needed this break, I think, again, that's just because Max is absolutely awful the last couple of weeks before, you know, the last uh, the last little bit of form. Uh, so it, it, for Juventus fans, with Italy out and with Max needing more time because we have terrible medical staff and he can't get anything rolling, it's a good thing. But, I mean, you change one or two of those factors, you know, Italy in the World Cup, uh, us not having injuries, it's a different argument and a different conversation. I think for now, it's beneficial. But as a whole, if you're looking at it from a sporting perspective, forget Juventus and everything, I think it was just terrible timing. Huh. Omar, your thoughts. Right timing for Juve, bad timing? For Juve specifically? It's yeah. more Because uh, I don't hope. care about anybody else. <laughs> no, it's more hope than it is, you know, I, I can't actually say because... We kind of hope it will derail the other teams from their form and at the same time it can do the same to us or it could be great the way the season 
has shaped out with all the injuries and everyone only slated to come back in 2023, that might be good for us. As a whole, leave it to, to FIFA to make something like that and completely bottle it. Like they could have planned this season a lot better. Even with the World Cup in November, December, and the whole planning is sort of designed to hurt the teams and the ones who are hurt are the big teams, the ones who send all their players to national duties. So, I don't know. I would have postponed games that drag the season out till uh, June because there's no rush, there's nothing in the summer. So, spread the games out a bit. But the way they shaped it and the dense schedule that, and you know, it affected eventually makes it bad for everyone. I don't think we're benefiting from it. If anything, we'll probably, it will probably hurt us. Huh. Interesting. I think it's actually coming at a great time for Juve. Um, and the reason is because, again, some of the things we talked about leading into this Verona match, why it might have been such a struggle for us. Some of these guys are going to be rested. A lot of our players are going for international duty. So uh, we know Vlaovic and Kostic uh, heading out for Serbia. We know we have our uh, three defenders, Sandro, Bremer, Danilo, heading out for Brazil. Look, uh, Poland, Milik, uh, Szczesny. It's, it's, it's fine. Injuries might happen. But I think there's more pros to this break happening now for Juve than there is cons. Okay, obviously we'll have to wait for the player conditions after, but there is the opportunity for us to come back and be better shape fitness-wise. There's the opportunity for our players who, while the last international break took place, went out and did very, very well for their national teams so they could continue to build that confidence. Because they came back, if we remember, they looked a little bit different. They had a little bit more pep to the step and whatnot. And then obviously things caught up a bit, but now we're going on a tear again. This is happening probably at a good time, I say. Max will be able to work with the ones that aren't there, stay back. He can work on the method, the style that we've been playing as of late. Hopefully evolve it a little bit more. Style. We'll see on the player condition when they return. But if we can get this victory against Lazio, okay, and continue to be this beast that is just kind of lurking there in the standings and continue to be that ultimate mindfuck for the teams that lead, you know, in Napoli, there's still a six-point switch that could take place if we beat Napoli both times, okay? Now, anything can happen. Anything can happen. I everybody that's followed this show long enough knows how I'm programmed, okay, and how I'm wired. I don't I don't give in until it's absolutely mathematically friggin' done and dusted, okay? After in January when we return to action, you have Cremonese on the fourth, Udinese on the seventh, and the thirteenth you have a big, big match on a Friday against Napoli. Friday the 13th, might I add, okay? I will be booking that one off of work, okay? So, God damn it, Syria, and your schedules and Friday games and my God. Anyways, I'll be booking that one off. 
I think it's at the right time, guys. I think it is at the right time for Juve. I think if we continued on right now, guys just aren't quite ready to come off. We're getting a little stretch, getting a little thin. I like the break happening now. Okay? I like the break happening now. It turned out to be good for us. Yeah. But it could have gone the other way around if our season has progressed differently. Agreed. Yes. Yes. Like the last break. Remember the last break we had and we were like, man, is this... Is this good? Is this bad? Yeah, like, what's going to happen? Like, <laughs> on, a, on a whole, I, I would have postponed the Champions League every year to the end of the season and make it like, you know, the same way that an international tournament takes place. Yeah. Finish the season without a game every three days, then play every four days in a small tournament. At the end of the season, it will get a lot more views and a lot more. You will be a, a lot more hyped up. Yeah. In the Champions League so, every season. The question from Deepak Napoli game home or away, that one will be away. Okay. So Friday, January 13th, that will be away. January's absolutely crammed because you have the Coppa Italia matches against uh, Monza in there as well. Uh, well, one Coppa Italia match and then a Serie A against uh, Monza because you have Cremonese the 4th, Udinese the 7th, Napoli the 13th, the Coppa Italia on the 19th, Atalanta on the 22nd, and then the 29th you have uh, Monza. So cram, mm. cram schedule. Uh, it'll be interesting, but uh, that Friday the 13th one, mark your calendars, everybody. That's going to be a uh, barn burner, as we say. Oh, Friday? Like, really? I'm still like... Ah, Syria, they're scheduling this year. It's, uh, it is something else. Now... We got into talk about uh, the Lazio match going into this one. We have to kind of touch on this one before we get into uh, Storm the Barn and everything. But uh, we know uh, so Sandro's going to be out. Okay. So he's going to serve uh, that red card at the back. Danilo Bremer should be a lock, right? Gatti or Rugani? I mean, Gatti. Yeah. I would go with Gatti. I think I would go with the back line of Gatti, Bremer, and uh, Danilo. You think Benucci's not starting? I hope I'm not saying... Did I say starting. who I think Max is going to start? No. No, I didn't, Luke. I mean, I... I mean, Don't put... Don't you I, ever put words... You didn't, you didn't you say it. You, you didn't say... You didn't specify it. <laughs> That's what I'm asking, because... If we're talking hypotheticals, then... Well, shit. I wouldn't... I don't know if I... Do you think Benucci starts against Lazio? Yes, I think he does. I don't think he does. <laughs> I don't think he does. I don't think he will. I don't think Max will start him. He chose the bottom of the table side to play Bonucci. And the games leading up to the Inter, Bonucci sat. You don't think against Lazio he's going to sit? Because it, versus Inter, he had Sandro. He doesn't have Sandro now. I think I once smell Sandro's a side out, wager happening right here. You, and I will your bet side you he lately. does not play Bonucci. I don't know, man. Right now, Allegri's at home popping a beer and saying, hmm, how can I mess this up? No, he's you. not. I bet you Bonucci will be on the bench. I, I, hope, I can okay. almost guarantee it. If not Bonucci, Gatti for sure. Rugani shouldn't be nowhere near this field. Oh, it might be some love. <laughs> he's not getting any love. He's been here for like six years. He's it got might enough. be Rugani. Yeah, but he's been like, I don't know, the least of our problems. Yeah. He's still a problem, though. He's in that bucket, just not at the top. <laughs> yeah. Whichever way you shape it, everyone's a problem at the moment. 
Quadrado's going to start. Bonucci will not start. In the middle of the pitch. Really rides with Locatelli's health. Oh, uh, man. Because I'm telling you. Paredes better not start. Oh. Paredes might be in there. Oh, Up top, Vlaovic, we talked about that. There's pessimism about him going in there, so he's no. probably not going to be in there. Nope. Milik or Keane? Keane is on, what, three goals, four games, like as far as his appearances go? Milik hasn't put one in in a while. Do I... you start up top if it's one of those two? Omar? I, I still go with Milik. Yeah, I start Milik. I think I still go with Milik as well, regardless mm -hmm. of uh, those three goals. I do not play the two together. No. Because I think Moretti needs to have a place in that lineup. Agreed. But Jolie continues. Moretti... Kostic and Quadrado, we have no changes. Let's be serious. They're in there. It's going to be a lot of the same, and it's going to be a problem that we yeah. saw coming, and this is what I mean with he's kind of handcuffed at the moment. It's kind of short. Yeah, our, our luck maybe is that Lazio are also suffering from major injuries. They got two back, I think. I'm Ooh. not sure. Here's a great question hmm. from Alex P. Is this the game where you try Fajoli as the regista no. if Locatelli can't go because no. of Paredes has not been doing anything. No. Uh, I would max want. Yeah, I would yeah. have no problems with it. But honestly, I, I've i been pushing the two-man pivot. So I've been pushing to go scrap the regista yeah, thing. I and think scrap Fajoli the regista. could be one of them. You could go Fajoli and uh, Rabio and have... Uh, Miretti is your attack-minded one up ahead centrally, centrally, not off the side, but I wouldn't be fearful of it. No way. Yeah, because um, you have, you have uh, some wingers back. Like yeah. Di Maria will probably start. Yeah. I, I'm guessing, I'm hoping he will start. Di Maria should probably be starting. I would expect him to start. Then you couple can play... low, uh, low minute cameos and whatnot. I would expect him to start in that one. Uh, yeah, then you can play like sort of a three four three in some way. Yeah, it should be something like that. Before we get to storm the barn, so everybody in the live, get your storm the barn questions in. We have room to take a, a few in here. Mm -hmm. Percentages of confidence in a victory coming on Sunday. Oh boy, hundred percent being it's going to hundred percent be a victory. Of course, where are you? Going into Sunday's match against Lazio, as far as a percentage of victory goes, spirits are high. I'm going with, uh, I think, like seventy percent. Seventy percent from That's Omar. High. Hmm. Yeah, it's high, but I don't know. Lazio had a really rough time against Monza. They still control uh, the game, though. That's what I worried. Yeah, they could. Uh, they they kind of shifted this season. Like Saribo became very defensive. It's basically a yeah. game between the two best defensive sides in the league. I love the point three two sixty eight point three two percent. Mumblano's in the chat now. I forgot. <laughs> Seventy percent from Deepak. Fifty five from Dells. A hundred from uh, Anthony. Oh, um, oh there's Omar's the at right seventy. There. Luca percentage. Oh, fifty five percent. Jesus. I'm You're on the majority. Dells. I still think we could. We're on the better form. But, you know, Lazio have. They've had some games where they fumble, but they have shown as a general on their runs, they they come out of the harder games on top. And I think this, 
I mean, look, they're above us in, in the table. It's it's tough to, to, to well, admit. Fifty percent win for Matty Mesh, thirty percent in a draw. Yeah, draw. I, I I'm leaning more towards a draw than a win. It's a home game, right? We're it's at home. home. Uh, we're at home. Yeah. Okay, that's relaxing. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, we, we've been, we've been bet because we are. Because people show away. up now, yeah. <laughs> because we have an an awful defense uh, record on away games uh, totally, going yeah. back to last season. The surprise thing with Lazio is they've really been pretty stout themselves, only allowing eight goals. So Juve doesn't score a whole bunch, so it's going to be really – it's going to be tough. And they do have a decent amount of firepower. It's uh, going to be very, very, very interesting – uh, match. Uh, I personally think it has draw uh, written all over it, yeah. if I'm being honest. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope Juve gets the victory for these guys. I think uh, just as far as injuries goes, Zakani is, I think, uh, expected to miss out. Oh, he's Matsari, not coming back? I think. Okay. By the way, their best attacking player this season. Yeah, I thought he was back. That's why I was worried. He's like a game-time decision they have him listed as now. But mm. everything I've been seeing says that he's going to be out. But yeah, that could change. Yeah, Even if he's game-time decision, he's not 100% fit for sure. Yeah, so, that's, so, that's a, that's yeah, a I mean, thing. this is going to be very, very tough. If I had to put a percentage on victory. Victory. 65% on victory. You wanted to go 70, I can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was hesitating down 5%. 70% on victory. 20% on draw. I don't think Juve drops a game. I don't think there's a draw. Very low percentage we drop it, but I think it's most likely going to end up a draw. Anthony coming in here, matching his namesake earlier Mm -hmm. with the 100%. Your namesake is a bad example. I love it. I love it. Storm the Barn. Everybody get your Storm the Barn questions in here. We've had some great ones throughout the actual pod. Just questions that just came up that uh, sparked conversation. The AJC Army is the best out there. Jeremiah coming in here with thoughts. I feel Fajoli, Rabio, and Kostic is going to have a standout MVP season both domestically and in Europa, especially if we win a couple of trophies. So... Fajoli, Rabio, and Kostic are going to have standout MVP seasons domestically and in Europa. Um, Did he throw Rabio? Rabio I don't there? think he's going to. Yeah, like, I think he... he's got a long way to go. But we did talk about this. It's okay to explore a potential renewal there if he can keep this up until year end. Um, his stats are there. His performance is back there. He's seen as a leader only on the pitch as far as what he brings match in, match out, which is fine. Okay, nobody needs to take that to all sorts of crazy levels. Fajoli, we might need to talk about the impact Fajoli has had since coming in. Is it overhyped or is it underrated? So I want to twist this question from Jeremiah. Has Fajoli since he come in? Has the impact been overhyped or is it underrated? I don't think it's neither. Like, yeah, you do, 
we get excited when we see an academy player uh, doing well because it's so rare to see someone from your academy doing well and making it to the biggest stages and being world-class so it's a bit of you know maybe a bit of exaggeration mixed with hope that he will be good enough to keep that level up three years ago we thought exactly the same about Moise Keane and mm -hmm. it didn't turn out that way so it it can change you know every season that goes by you can have a downfall big injury Zaniolo was a prize jewel two seasons ago now he isn't so this these things are very tricky I don't think he's overhyped I don't think he's underrated I've seen a lot of good comments about him even from rival fans from pundits from announcers from a lot of people uh, I think we're playing it safe even as as fans we're playing it safe with him and giving him time to shine and anyone who expects him to become Takinardi after three games you're gonna be proven wrong I'm sorry give him time he's 21 years old but what we've seen definitely had an effect on the team absolutely yeah. anything to add there uh, Luca uh I think I mean we've been seeing both the insults and the praise so I've seen him overrated and I've seen him underrated I think he's in the middle like he we should not be hyping him up too much because again you don't want to put that pressure but I think he's got everything it takes to be starting in this team and in this league so I'm extremely happy with what I've seen and I think going forward he should be an example to the rest of the midfield and to the rest of the youth system so I, I think we haven't seen everything yet there's so much promise there I, I wouldn't say he's overrated because not everyone's hyping him up but I feel like not enough people are seeing what is potentially there so I think he's somewhere in the middle I, I can't put my thumb on it I think he's doing great yeah, I think yeah. we've been burnt enough in the past few seasons to be yeah. more cautious with our estimation of exactly. players. I think, to be honest, uh, I think it's it's fair rating. I think to say that he's come in and had uh, no impact or anything would be unfair. I think to blow it out of proportion and say he's the reason we've turned things around, I think is a little mm. much. Yeah. So I think it's... It's, the truth always usually lies somewhere in between. Fajoli has no doubt helped. He's helped achieve some type of balance and structure in the middle because we were a little one-sided on the robust side of a midfield and lack of technical ability. It was mm -hmm. kind of leaning to that side, and he's helped restore the balance in the midfield. So, yeah, I think it's been pretty fair with Fajoli. As far as these other guys, like I said, Rabio just needs to keep it up uh, for the year. Lorenzo's comment is absolutely great. One year Rabio renewal, he should always be in a contract year if that's the <laughs> way he's going to play. Obviously, he would never accept those terms, but it is true. Um, whatever the reason is, Rabio's been big. Kostic, Kostic has taken some heat, mm -hmm. but I think in terms of Kostic, it hasn't been what we've expected in terms of the all-around play. And I think that's specifically just with what he's tasked with doing. And I think it's what he's being asked to do by Max. I think he's far more capable as a player, if I'm being honest. But I think it's literally what our structure and our system is set up to do, which is 
have him hug that flank and disperse that ball as many times as possible. That's just my thoughts on Kostic. Yeah, I think we just were a bit sidetracked because we got to see him before Juve, maybe after in this final year at Frankfurt after being there for four years. So it was a lot better integrated and familiar with the league. And it is an attacking type of league that allows attackers to play better football. Italy is different. And yeah. we've seen it millions of times of players coming in from other leagues and take time to adjust. I think that's the case. Like I wouldn't judge his appearance in after four years at Frankfurt to four months at Juve. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm... Uh, Animesh stating that Kostic wasn't bought to be a starter. He is perfectly okay to have as a squad player and rotate with Chiesa. No. No. I, I want to follow up and... and... This is going to be a bit of a hot take here. So, you know, get your seatbelts nice and tight. I think Kostic this season has been over and above our most reliable and best player. To me, if you had, if I had to pick one player this season that I could count on, it's got to be Kostic. He's come, like Omar said, from a, a league that's completely different. And you have to remember, he's put in almost, uh, let's say, 80 or 90% of the performances with the team he he's missed maybe a few minutes because you know Illing came in or because we went uh with a, as a substitute with somebody else but he's put in a lot of minutes he has filled a role like Al said that's you know that Max is probably asking him to do and he's made Alexandro look like a god on that left side because of the amount of work he's put in now Rabio obviously gets some praise there but Kostic he isn't perfect we know that there is room for growth. It will come. But I think he has consistently put in, maybe it hasn't been, you know, a, a game with three assists every weekend, but he's hustled. He's put in the work. You see that he doesn't give up. And, you know, he's not causing any issues, whether it's in the locker room. He's always following, you know, what this team uh, and the leaders are doing. He's not, you know, there, there's never been any drama about him. I think for what he's come in, for what he's done, above and beyond everybody else. I mean, yeah, you, you could look at guys like Locatelli, who have been here forever. Danilo's had a great season. He's been here for, for a bit. But for someone who's new, I think Kostic, above and beyond. And so, I'm super happy with it. What, what did you expect? Like, they promised us that he's a good uh, sister and a good crosser. Well, he is. That's I exactly what he does. Top yeah. provider, so that's what we expected. Yeah. He does deliver a lot of balls into the box. And maybe the, the way that Lucas sees it is because on the other side of the field, we have exactly <laughs> the opposite of what... Like, we, we now get a glimpse of what it's like playing with sort of a fullback, wingback... <laughs> that is adequate to today's football and is not Alexandro or Cuadrado. Yeah. And if we can complement that from the right side with the right guy, then we'll feel much more dangerous. Right now it feels like the left side is a dangerous area, the right side is just for passing the ball so, back. And Animesh's comment, though, isn't wrong. He's still right. Kostic wasn't purchased to be a starter. And that's why I applaud him so more. He's still, he's still right. He wasn't purchased to be a starter. Once everybody's fit, if we continue 3-5-2, Kostic's spot is safe. However, oh, yeah. if we don't, it isn't necessarily. And it has to be said, sure, 
there's some time to come in here, but I have no problems with Costage. I have no problems. But I think over and above the top guy on the team is a little much. Who's your top guy then? There's been a I've been saying it. Danilo's been a rock this whole yeah. year. Yeah, and steady, absolutely rock steady. Mm -hmm. Nobody has been as consistent as Danilo. Illing Jr. showed showed Kostic up in that performance in that game. If we want to say that it's minutes, whatever, that's fair. I'm just saying Illing brought something that Kostic hasn't. You could say different style players, yeah. whatever you want, but. I, I think that's a little much for Kostic if we're saying he fair has points. been the top guy. That's fair because that's your opinion. Can we that's go back cool. to, uh, to I Lennon? just think it's a little I think it's a little much. And I think there's been sure. quite a few performances. And again, he's had a lot of time and a lot of minutes with us, but that should also be a reason for him to be excelling. We still have some I still have performances where I'm left a little let let down. But again, this guy is kind of like Quadrado on the other side in the sense that there's been nobody to change things up. And when Illy right. Jr. started to give him some breaks, he got hurt. So I I will give him that. But as far as the assists go and stuff, hey, the numbers are there and that's good. He puts in a hell of a lot. Uh, so the numbers... Should be there because he's dumping probably seven times that in terms of attempts. But it's good. It's good. I have no problems with Costage. Maybe, love... maybe the best thing is that is the physical condition he came yeah, in. Because he's, he's, he's able fit. to run yes. every game 90 minutes up he's and down. Fit. I and, always you know... give Costage praise for that. Um, the fact that he's able to do that, play that amount of minutes, and just keep going and going and going. So nobody can take that away from that guy. Can, can but, I finish uh, on one topic? Just one to wrap it up. People on, I, I think a lot of people shit on him for the amount of crosses he puts in and then he just tries to wing it in. But the same people crapping on him for doing that are the same people that applauded Cuadrado last season for doing that. That's all he did for like three years straight. So I don't see why there's so much hate for him putting yeah. in crosses. He might, yeah, he might smack a few into the defender, but the ones that do go are always deadly. So, it's yeah, the ones when there's literally a defender in front of them and it's like, okay, yeah. don't obviously cross it for the sake of crossing. And those are the frustrating moments, which he's had actually a ton of. Yeah, Those I, are the ones people I think that's a Max thing, though. Max just wants him to sling it in. I, I, it I it doesn't a... matter. That comes down to your own personal individual brain. You cannot put a ball physically through a player. It's just not going to happen. Take the time. Take the touch. If you have to play it into a midfielder, play it into a midfielder. My coach tells me to cross it, so I'm going to cross. Well, yeah, but read the moment. Those are the times I agree with the people that get frustrated with Costage. But outside of it, in the overall, he's been a positive, not a problem by any means. Sal, with the form of the younger players <clears throat> and the injured players coming back, is left back and coach in parentheses <laughs> are only whole and everything else is depth. Is left back. I honestly see Quadrado as yeah, right back. The spot we talked about this earlier on the show. Mm -hmm. I in January, if there's an opportunity, I would look for a rotational piece for Quadrado. Yeah, I think right back, center back, and probably left back are yeah. the main issues right now. 
center back, I mean, we, I think we've got a lot, but how many do you start comfortably every week? You know, there are, there's maybe two in our five. Look, like, right now yeah. you're playing two fullbacks. See, like but your best yeah. lineup is with two fullbacks. Yeah, and that's that's what's shocking is that. But those guys aren't going to go out to play wing back if we bring in a center back. Like Sandro's not all of a sudden shouldn't no, be going out exactly. to play left wing back and give no, hostage breaks. He doesn't, and he leaves at the end of the season anyway. So you're yeah. going to need a yeah. uh, center back. And Danilo, you could put him there, but he's definitely the more defensive minded. Full Out back. of any of our young guys, like Sule and Illing Jr. are the only options. Would either one of them suffice in one of those roles for you? No. Left wing back Not or right wing back in our 3-5-2? I haven't seen Illing Jr. enough yeah. to know. Uh, no, I haven't seen him during times when we suffered attacks and had to sit back. I've seen him when we were down and we needed goals. Yeah, and exactly. They want. Can make a judgment. Sule is an attack-minded player. I think uh, I, I think I might have been Lou or Dan. I'm not sure who brought it up in the chat. I think Sule needs minutes away from Juventus. He could use a loan. I think Illing he's still a little young, but we've only seen him uh, when we need a change in pace. So maybe keeping him around, get some you know like a few little uh, showings with the first team, and then loan him or see what happens. But I think Sule definitely needs a loan. He's been here a while, and he needs. Can't, he can he can do a full game. He needs that you know that Monza season where he's doing starting games, putting in 60, 90 minutes every week. Uh, Illing is still a substitute, still young, so that's what I think. Do we do we have time for a final thing uh, for us and for the chat? A final what? What's a thing? Uh, <laughs> a, a, a question that. Yeah, yeah. Let's sure. fire away. I got time. Okay, let's. This will be the last one we're going to wrap up on. Okay, if you had to rate our summer purchases, oh boy. like from one to, I don't know, seven, how many players did we bring in? How would you rate it? Let's say uh, Kostic, Bremer, Pogba. So wait, purchases, not loans? Player, players we brought in. Inbound, okay. Okay, so let's go down the list. Let's go down, go the, down, list. down the list, Omar, and we'll just give our rating. Kostic. Bremer. Okay, no, no, one Whoa, at a time. So. <laughs> Easy there. No, I'm throwing out names and you need to yeah, rank start, them. Start yeah, I know, but I'm saying one at a time. Let's start with Kostic. A rating on Kostic from 1 to 10. No, not a rating on Kostic. Like, rate who has performed best. Like, let's oh, say... Oh, you want to rank? Bremer. Yeah, like, rank mm. them. Oh, okay. Well, then that's different. If you want to yeah. give them, a, if you want to give them just a rating, it's fine. So uh, let's also name fine. them. Let's get them all out there so we know uh, what we're dealing with. So Kostic, Pogba, Pogba, Di Maria, Di Maria, Paredes, Paredes. Who else? I don't consider young guys who came back from. No, Boston young guys are. Uh... Yeah. Who else did we Milik? Milik, yeah, that's that's really it. Young guys, nothing there. Pogba's not available for this discussion. So he hasn't played. He's at the bottom, hundred percent. You can't put someone worse than Pogba. <laughs> well, you can't okay. even consider him because he hasn't him, played. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and Gatti, let's add Gatti. Gatti to yeah, Gatti for sure. Okay, let's go. Rate it. Al, who the, top the top for me out of those is Bremer. Bremer, hundred percent. Okay, so Bremer number one. You guys could disagree. No, uh, I, I hard agree on the first. Second for me is Kostic. 
and then Milik. Yeah, I'm, I, okay. I was t- I was torn between which goes second, but I do I edge Kostic there. I think uh, Kostic just takes Milik because of how much he's yeah, actually much, friggin' exactly. played, and we have no alternative. And mm-hmm. yeah, Milik is on a bit of a schneid right now for uh but he's done what he's had to when he, he has yeah there's no problems with him it's just no. yeah the contributions that were there fast and furious have slowed down i don't know costich milik gatti right after gatti's only played like two games he hasn't done enough let's say i haven't seen enough but i still like but di maria di maria when he's in he's uh, had a couple yeah. really good showings and he's had some not so good showings he loses points because of that red. That red was so unnecessary. I don't know. I just... I I, I put him tied with Gatti because I still feel like, yes, he could be that difference maker, I'd but go, he has to be there. I, I go Di Maria, Gatti, and then Paredes at the bottom. Okay, so Di Maria, Gatti, Paredes, and then obviously Pogba. There should be an asterisk next to Gatti though, because he just hasn't had the minutes. Yeah, and that's for me. So it's it's hard for me to really like he's there just as a default because he hasn't had the minutes to improve himself or get higher up on that rank, right? Yeah. yeah so I, I would edge Di Maria because he's shown in those minutes. This is doing. amazing. I actually want to rate Pogba ahead of Paredes because I just <laughs> like Paredes and his attitude. That's hilarious. That's great, Anthony. Good job. That's funny. So I, I, we got Anthony Cavalier, Bremer, Kostic, Milik, basically tied 2A and tied. 2B, which is fair. Yeah. Di Maria, Paredes, uh, Pogba, obviously. Forgot about Gatti in there, last. but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, Paredes, I mean... That list, Omar, what do you think of our rankings? What would you change? I would... Hmm. No, I think it's fair. I, I wouldn't change a lot. Di Maria has been hot and cold. Uh, Gatti, I don't think like many other people think. I I believe he did fine with the opportunities he got, getting skinned by uh, Mbappe, uh, something Mbappe. that happened to... Every major defender in the world, it's not uncommon. He came back, though. Yeah, and I think it's been fine. There's a learning curve. Uh, I would probably put Paredes last because he was hyped and he was Max's guy. The guy wanted him, and yeah. he's been absolutely... Well, he was last yeah. for he was last for us. I think he's saying last yeah. under Pogba. <laughs> no, under Pogba because... No, like, <laughs> I don't even we consider can't... Pogba. You got to play to. Yeah, no, but ranking. like Anthony said, at least you know, that's it, hilarious. That's if you don't play, you can't be bad. There's, there's a <laughs> But I don't know with the hype around Paredes and what everyone said about him. Yeah, it's he's... been like you know those blank faces you have on FIFA career mode when you bring. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's been point, a blank face this. Yeah, season. just bring back Arturo at that point. He's, he's that just one's useless. Uh, frustrating. <laughs> that one's a frustrating one. Uh, hopefully, you know. Hopefully he could prove us wrong and make us eat our words and turn things around, but it has not been promising. Yeah, we all want it to happen, but shit. But we wrap it up on that fun little ratings thing. Uh, Guys, great show. Uh, It was a grind yesterday. It was an ugly, ugly win, but hey, a win is a win. It was three points that we needed, and uh, we will take them. On to Sunday, Lazio, a huge match. You know where to be, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We're going to rock the match day live here. I will bring you a watch-along for that match, okay? So 
Let me replace those uh, shoddy commentators out there, okay, and bring you the action, all right? Everybody take a second to like the video, please, on your way out. If you feel like dropping a comment, any comment in the comment section after, that'll be fantastic. A reminder, the World Cup Ride or Die draw took place. So for those of you that took part and chose your AJCT member, this is what the groups look like if you're rolling with me. Oh, Forza Argentina. Let's go all it's, the way. It's actually all interesting, Berto. It's interesting because it's either Messi last ride of the day between you and me or Ronaldo last ride of the day. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to oh, be interesting. It's going to be fun. But this was, uh, we've been oh. getting a ton of uh, props and credit out there for a lot of people. Even non-Juve uh, uh, followers of ours on Twitter just thought it was a great idea. It's a fun way to uh, keep everybody engaged throughout the World Cup tournament. So we're going to have a lot of fun with this. We are going to be doing shows throughout the World Cup for those wondering. And we're going to follow Juve players, their performances, and obviously tie it in to the banter that is the World Cup Ride or Die Challenge at AJC. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your weekends. Okay, so it's Friday today. I'm off today, obviously. Um, Luca, wearing the poppy there. I'm not off, unfortunately, but yeah. Yes, off work today. Um, so everybody enjoy your weekends. Sunday, we meet again. All right. As always, Pino alla fine, Forza Juve. Don't worry so much about how the victories come. Just keep them coming. Okay. That was an ugly one. Forget about it. Short memory. Hopefully we have a beautiful one convincing like that one against Inter with Lazio Sunday. See you the, then. Ciao tutti. The best games. The best games are when we annoy everyone else. Oh, yes. Drink the tears. Boys. Soak up those rival tears everybody <laughs> to the rivals hey <laughs> cheers <laughs>